We are here today for the first ever episode of the GA Zone podcast, and I'm your host, Patrick Shirky. Now, when it comes to feedback, we give priority to the group we have on Facebook called the GA Zone GA Discussion Group. The best opinions, stories, and shoutouts would be added into this podcast. First up, we have Brendan from the GA Zone GA Discussion Group who claims hurling is better than Gaelic football. Change my mind. Well, we are starting this podcast with the biggest bit in the GA. However, I will say that I think both Gaelic football and hurling are equal. So you all know where I stand on that a bit, but um, I like Gaelic football for its physicality and skill, while I like hurling for its speed and stamina. I think for a small island in the Atlantic Ocean, we are doing quite well to have produced the two best sports in the world, not to mention handball and rounders. Now on Facebook, I made a post uh, about the former Sunday game presenter, Michael Leicester, saying that he does not want to see games played behind closed doors. Got a lot of, a lot of good feedback on that there post. Joe Bright commented, it's about the players at this point, not the punters. There are valid arguments on both sides, but knowing the work the county players put in, I'd say they'd bite your arm off to play a competitive game. Would they miss the atmosphere of a big crowd? Absolutely, but some game time is better than none. Now, if you follow us on TikTok, um, with the name GA Zone, with no spaces, you would have seen us having a series where you looked at the top 10 GA rivalries. And, um, Jonathan1929, who I presume wasn't born in 1929, commented on the TikTok about the Louth and Meath rivalry reminding me of the rivalry between Kildare and Meath. I personally think it's the most interesting rivalry in the GA because they were once found to be the best in Leinster but now they have to fight to be the second best due to Dublin winning nine Leinster football titles in a row. Uh, Kildare and Meath are on similar terms whenever it comes to football um, oh for the ladies hurling and camogie. It is just interesting that both Meath and Kildare have fallen at the same time and standards because of the because of the same team Dublin. However, I think there is hope with a rise in commuter or towns in Meath and Kildare and the people moving out of Dublin into Meath and Kildare to raise their, their families. These families will raise children. They will join clubs in Meath and Kildare. The best players will make it onto the county team and eventually either Meath or Kildare will rewrite the script and get the better of Dublin and win a Leinster Championship and they might even win an, an All-Ireland Championship. Words cannot describe how good it is to beat Dublin men's senior footballers in a championship game. Only Donegal fans like me have experienced that happening in the last seven years. Now, the Louth and Meath rivalry brought up the topic of local rivalries and the username Fatboy Zealand reminded me of the Cork and Kerry rivalry. Now, it doesn't really exist in hurling because Cork competing in the Munster Championship and Kerry competing in the Joe McDonough Cup. However, football is in a different position because I thought the Cork and Kerry rivalry was dead for a few years with the Dominus Kerry, but you know, the ladies have held the torch for Cork on an All-Ireland stage, never mind a Monster stage. But um, last year in the Monster final, I know Cork lost the game, but they still managed to get free goals past a rock-solid carry defence. So, yeah, look, that rivalry is becoming relevant again. Going back to the topic of the fall of competitiveness in Leicester football, we talked to Keith Fitzsimons from Meath, who outlined the factors of why it is the way it is. So, what is the main reason that you think football in Leinster has fallen recently, Keith? Um, well, there's a number of factors, to be honest with you, Patrick. Um, you know, I think what happened was in the 90s, right, Dublin didn't win a Leinster title for seven years. Now, what happened there was the GAA decided to put a lot of money into Dublin because it was fallen, to be honest with you, in Leinster. And, you know, you need the, the big county, the capital city, to really you know, be doing well, I think, for the GAA. So 
I think they were right to put in a lot of money into Dublin GAA. I think the problem is ever since they probably didn't realise the monster has become, to be honest with you, because that spot, yeah, sponsorship has been huge since, and Dublin have really benefited from, from, from multi-million sponsorship deals that other counties couldn't even fathom, let's, to, let's be honest with you. Um, I think Kerry earn about 900 grand when it comes to sponsorship these days, whereas Dublin get a few million a year. Um, so it's a difficult one. Um, Dublin, in fairness, on their part, have reaped the rewards and they've got they've maximised their potential, to be fair. And they, they've some team in the last number of years, but they've been able to build that structure over a number of years since the 2000s, basically. So it didn't happen overnight either, you know what I mean? They did win a lot of Leinster's, but it took them a while. It's 2011 before they won a, uh, an All-Ireland. But I think at the same time, I think the demise of Mead in particular probably has, hasn't helped either because in the last 40 years, pretty much it's only been Mead and Dublin and Leinster winning All-Ireland's anyway, aside from Offaly in 1982. But I think the device of Mead hasn't helped the cause in Leinster. I think Kildare have done a lot of work in Leinster, or in Kildare rather, in the last 10 years. A lot of great work in Kildare. Structures are very good. But they still haven't seen that come at senior level. Now, what's your opinion on the provincial championship for me? Personally, I don't see any problem mm. as a Donegal man, as we have a competitive championship in Ulster. I, I don't think there's a problem. I think that's a bit of a cop-out, the provincial thing. The provincial championships in general are fine. I mean, if you look in, in Munster, it's been Kerry and maybe Cork forever, hasn't it? No one ever complained about the provincial championship then, like, you know. Um, I don't think there's an issue with the provincial championships as such. I still like the idea of rivals coming up against each other and, like you say, Donegal playing the likes of Tyrone in a provincial game or, or Mead in Dublin, even though Mead may have gone back. But, you know, Galway, Mayo and Connacht, um, Cork and Kerry, Cork have gone back a little bit as well. So I actually like the provincial championships. Um, they could maybe do restructure it slightly, though. They could maybe, possibility, maybe do some kind of a group stage in some of them, like, you know what I mean, instead of the back door. I think that's a possibility as well. So enough teams like your Carlos and maybe your Wicklows or whatever are getting enough games at the same time that they're not just getting two games a year. Now, um, would it be fair to say your rivalry of Dublin is now dead? Since, 2000, since 2010, Meath has won one Leinster Championship, which they didn't even deserve, and then, <laughs> then Dublin have won nine. I know, it's a tough one. Yeah, it is. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one. You're right, I mean, didn't deserve to win that one in 2010. And i tell you one thing, though. I've heard podcasts of players ever since. And believe it or not, most of the Mead players don't value that Leinster title at all. They've It actually affected them mentally for a couple of years. Believe it or not, it actually put Mead football back a few years, which is strange to think, like, you know, but it did. A lot of players mentally struggled with that. Um, it was a tough one. I found as a supporter a tough one, particularly I was there on the day, but I didn't really realise fully, you know, that kind of way, what happened. Um, but then when you see later on and that, um, but um, I think the GA that day were a little bit unfair. I think they they kind of put it at Mead's door, but at the end of the day, it was poor officiating that cost allowed that Leinster title. Um, and, you know, 
it's a tough one. If it was Mead against Dublin, it probably wouldn't have been talked about so much. But because Loud haven't won, God, in Leinster in what, six years or something like that? You know, it makes yeah. it even tougher. And I thought it was unfair that the GA didn't, um, they didn't attack the matter themselves. They laid it fully on Mead's door, um, which was very unfair, I felt personally. Like, What's the other part of your question? <laughs> Just about your rivalry of Dublin. Yeah. The rivalry of Dublin, yeah. The rivalry of Dublin is still kind of there, but at the same time, you know, I think, like, Dublin have done brilliantly since 2010, r- roughly, and I don't think, even though the J put a lot of money into Dublin, um, I don't think, that I don't put that down to Mead's demise at all, though. I put the structures of Mead down to all the like put it this way have me been the second best team in the country in the last 10 years no. they haven't been they haven't been close so you can't really argue and make the point it's because dublin got money made or poor or have been poor let's say because you've got you've had other counties like your own county donegal they've done well they've won in all ireland they've been there thereabouts Kerry, obviously mayo obviously so me haven't been competing with those counties never mind dublin you know what i mean um, Mead, the problem was with Mead, Sean Boyle left in 2005 and had an Alex Ferguson kind of approach to it, you know, they thought to be successful forever, that they didn't have to do anything structurally or anything like that, yeah, and um, and even for a while, for about, that lasted for about 10 years, because I thought Asher or Mead would come back, you know what I mean, it'll just happen naturally, but it's only in the last five or six years they've realised, well actually we have to do something here, we put structures in place, we're behind so many counties when it comes to structures, never mind, you know, football ability, like Donegal and many teams in Ulster as well. Even Kildare, I think, have been ahead of them structurally, not necessarily on the pitch, but structurally they have. And, you know, the wheels are definitely in motion now. There's a lot of very good young players coming through and need. Um, we're still behind, but we're catching up. But it's only now in the last five years they've realised in me that, look, we actually have to do something here. Like, we're actually miles behind most counties when it comes to structures and young players coming through and, and coaching and things like that. But um, I do believe that in the next five years, you will see me come on back and challenge in Dublin in the next five years. I'm actually no doubt about it. The issue is, though, it's it's not all about me either, but Leinster football, for, I don't know for how long have they relied on, on me to challenge Dublin in reality. Like, you know, other counties like your Kildare's have probably flattered to receive, actually. They've only won... I think in all Ireland the last eight years and they haven't won a Leinster since the early 2000s. Um, so other counties tend to struggle. I know Leash and Westmead won Leinsters in the mid 2000s. That was at a point when Dublin were struggling as well. So none of them were actually good enough to go on and compete, say, for an all Ireland. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's difficult to see other counties in Leinster outside of possibly Mead, like getting their act together to a stage where they could actually challenge for all earns in the future. Now, um, last June, in front of a very low crowd in mm. Crow Park, Meath only managed to get four points past Dublin in the in that final. Oh. Would that be the worst ever Meath performance? You know, it's, it's actually a tough one. It's actually weird. I, I'll be honest here. We, we lost to Dublin in, when was it? Had a gear to the top of my head now. It was a few years before Dublin beat us by 16 points, but that performance, believe it or not, was worse. I'll tell you why, because Mead actually defended very well in that game, the recent game, the game you're talking about for long periods. Um, I think it was 5-1 at half time, wasn't it? 
and they conceded, yeah. I think, 116-117. Now, if you concede 116-117 against that Dublin team, it's, it's not the worst score to concede. You know what I mean? Believe it or not, they're such a good side. But Mead's issue was just couldn't finish on the day. They just could not finish. But they, com- they competed very well. They kept a lot of Dublin's players out of the game for a long, long time going forward. In the end, uh, the Mead bats, I mean, there's only so much you can do. They got tired in Dublin, you know, got their scores that they needed. But I'd say in terms of going forward, yeah, it was. But overall, it was a weird one because the overall performance wasn't that bad, if you understand what I mean. I've seen worse. Now, um, the big controversy always, you know, I, I know this is a Donegal fan too, about Dublin having the whole home advantage in Crow Park and even playing the Leicester finals at Crow Park. Should not be playing somewhere like Nolan Park in Kilkenny, which like where no no football teams play. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a big advantage, especially these days. And the reason for that is, do you remember when they introduced that Dublin could play most of their games in Crow Park in the league? Yes. Yeah. That's a big advantage because it means that they've young players coming through and they're getting used to the Crow Park experience before they even get the championship. So you could have new players playing three or four, maybe five games in Crow Park before they even make their championship debut at Crow Park. So they're kind of used to Crow Park at that stage. Whereas you get some teams coming up against Dublin, you hear it a lot. And um, they might have played in Crow Park for a couple of years, you know, or they played a game against maybe a poor team in Crow Park with no atmosphere. So it's a huge advantage in that way, definitely, especially today where, you know, it's what, 70, 80,000 you can get crowds in. I know in Leinster they've gone down, but, you know, you can get crowds of that in. And I definitely, yeah, it's a huge advantage. When do Mead play Dublin in Navan, let's say? When do Clare play Dublin in Newbridge? You know, it's, um, you get Galway, yeah, you get Galway Mayo playing each other in Galway and then in Mayo. And uh, don't get me wrong, Galway won in Mayo, Mayo won in Galway. But you do find that has been an advantage over the years. Like even Cork do get games at home to Kerry, and I think they lost by three points in in Cork last year, or maybe the year before. And yeah. it's probably a bigger gap between the sides in reality. But if you had say a Mead and Navan, Mead played Kerry and Navan this year in the championship and really put on a performance against Kerry. Now I think if that was good clarity, it mightn't have been as close. You know that kind of way. Um, I know they went up to Bally Buffet and put in a good performance in the championship as well, but it's just different when you play Dublin and Crow Park, isn't it? It's a huge yeah, difference. Yeah, it is. Yeah, like Donegal there, for example, I think went, what, nine, ten years unbeaten at Bally Buffet, is that right? Yeah, yeah summer, summer enough, eh? Yeah, imagine Donegal. Yeah, imagine Donegal had Dublin in Bally Buffet in an All Ireland semi final, or final even, just say final even. Yeah, and that's going to make a difference. You can't, you know, it has to make a difference. So, yeah, um, do you think now, would you ever think of having two Dublin teams, like a North Dublin team or a South Dublin team, or does that just scream surrender? No, that screams surrender. Yeah, there's enough. Yeah, and I think as well, Dublin people wouldn't like it either, though. Um, no, no, it'd be horrible. I think Dublin people think the same as well. The idea of, um, could you imagine? North Dublin versus South Dublin in a Leinster final or not an Ireland final. <laughs> no, one, one Dublin's enough and even Dublin people would agree with that. <laughs> um, now, Kildare have been quite prolific at underage levels. They even won, they beat Dublin in the minor Leinster final last year. 
yeah. does that maybe give hope for other counties in Leicester that maybe Dublin can be knocked off their perch? Yeah, it can do. It's strange because in the last five years, Kildare have had serious success at underage. They won minors, as you say. They also won an under-20 All-Ireland final, by the way, against Kerry. Um, mm. Was it last year or the year before? But, you know, but the strange thing about Kildare, you're right about the hope, but the strange thing about Kildare is they always seem to have difficulty transferring us to senior level. Now, it could take another few years yet, and Jack O'Connor is a good manager and he's there. But you'd like to think that it brings some kind of improvement Kildare over the next few years. Because, you know, they've beaten Dublin quite a few times, actually, at underage. And you'd like to think that that brings a confidence into a young player coming through that, look, we've beaten Dublin, we can beat Dublin. But it can be a strange one. Like, the, the Mead Miners, for example, had um, two big wins over Dublin and Leinster as well. And the same teams pretty much played Dublin under 20 level and were beaten twice. So you'd wonder what's happening in Dublin between minor and under 20 or 21, as it was before that there's such a big improvement at times, or maybe not so much a big improvement with the other teams as well, I don't know. Maybe there's a bit of a drop-off, but um, that still has to be addressed in Leinster a little bit. But um, to their success, yeah, there's no doubt. You'd like to think they'll come to pass the senior level as well. So far, it hasn't, unfortunately, though. Now, in the likes of Meath and Kildare, in recent years... <clears throat> There's been a bit of an invasion in dubs, like into yeah. commuter towns and all the rest. Do you hope maybe of these increasing populations that that can sometime benefit using the long term? I think actually it can have the other effect as well because you're getting um, people in to Mead and Kildare and they don't really. It's hard to explain. They don't feel the county, I suppose. You know what I mean? I mean, it can take a long time as well. So their kids, when they're older, may go on to play for the likes of Mead or Kildare. But you have to um, have a sense of pride of where you're from as well. And I'm not sure if that's there. It's not there. If, you, if you're a kid and you've come into the county and you're 13 or 14, you're not going to have a sense of pride for Mead or Kildare if you're living in Mead or Kildare or Wicklow, are you? So it no, might yeah, it might be the next generation where they're actually growing up in the county, if you understand what I mean, from a very, mm. very early age, either being born here or being three or four. But um, I actually, at this minute in time, don't see the population increases as um, a big advantage at all. You know, I mean, Mead's success, they actually, when they were very successful, had a smaller population. So, But it might do later on. But I still think it all comes down to structures within both counties and... Um, as I say, Kildare have been doing well. Mead have started to do well. But it's a strange one because I think Mead are the type of county that if they do put the structures in place, they seem to get more success than Kildare do when they do it. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's a bit of tradition does come into that a little bit as well and belief. Um, but um, the other counties in Leinster, I would say, are struggling big time because I haven't talked about anybody else. Have I put it that way? Like, you know, your West Meads, your Leashes. Yeah. I know there's a lot of counties in Leinster and a lot of small counties in Leinster as well. Like in Ulster, I mean, it's generally very, very competitive. No, you can, In Ulster, you can't... Um, if you're off your guard one day, you're pretty much beaten against any team. Yeah. Maybe Antrim aside. Maybe yeah. Antrim aside. The over Anybody else. Hmm? The over eight teams can beat anyone. Yeah, so if Donegal are off their day in Ulster, Cavan can beat them. No problem. Mm. Monaghan can be as, as they prove, Monaghan are a good side actually. But that that's another effect of Dublin as well, that they um 
at this minute in time, they don't have to peak. So if Donegal are out in the first round of the Ulster Championship, they have to play Armad, Derry, or whoever it is, Tyrone, you have to be ready to go immediately. Dublin don't. And by the time it comes to the end of the year, Dublin are starting to peak, whereas maybe a Donegal or any team in Ulster, for that matter, Tyrone as well, they've already had to peak. And maybe they're coming on the downturn slightly when it comes to fitness when they come to that stage as well. Now, um, is there any young players in the MIF under-17s or the under-20s who should be looking out for in future years that maybe will get that just to Leinster glory? Well, there was one player, and unfortunately, Keen McBride, he's actually gone to Australia now, so he's part of the Australian rules setup. So that's a that's another issue, I suppose, and that's a pity. Um, very, very talented young player. Yeah, now, um, if you look at the team, if you compare the teams you would have had maybe in the 1980s, you're the likes of Colin O'Rourke and Liam Hayes, some of the best ever Gaelic footballers of all time. Um, how come... I know Michael Newman and yeah. Connor McGill are good players, but yeah. how come you just can't produce the same quality of players? Um, I think that comes back to the neglecting, and you know Sean Boylan was there for twenty-three years, and they just expected a magic wand, like for you know what I mean. Um, they did do well. Two thousand seven, two thousand nine, they got to All Ireland semi-finals, but that was still on the back of kind of Boylan teams, you know what I mean. But once the last decade was was a disaster, as I said before, and as you mentioned as well. Why are we not producing those players? Because we haven't really coached them properly. We haven't kept with the times. Things have changed in the GAs, become more professional, more structured. We were still playing catch and kick football when other counties had moved on. It has changed now, but it does take a while to, to improve. But um, there are definitely some talented young players coming through. I don't like to name them because I don't want to put too much pressure on them. But, <laughs> but there's definitely a lot of good, talented players coming through, coming through now, without a doubt. And the management team is very good, which is crucial as well. Now, could you tell me about the somewhat uneven distribution of funding and in Dublin gets? Like you touched on it earlier. Yeah, I know it's a tough one. Like. I know people from Dublin will tell you that it doesn't make a difference, but if it didn't did make a di- if it didn't make a difference, why would they take it? You know? <laughs> no, it is unfair. There's a statistic that um, Dublin gets seventy five percent of the GA funding, and the rest of the country get twenty five percent together. Now, if you yeah. think of that for they're, a second, yeah, they're only they're only like a third of the republic's population. Exactly. Everyone says, the Dubs will tell you that, um, you know, <laughs> they'll tell you that their population is bigger than everywhere else. Yes, it is. But the population of everywhere, everywhere else put together is bigger than Dublin. So how, how do you give any county 75% of the funding, particularly when they get huge um, sponsorship money as well that uh, other counties are struggling to deal with, let's be honest, everywhere. Um, now, other counties won't want to look at it as, as an excuse because it's setting you up for failure a little bit, but the facts are there at the same time. And if you don't have these days, unlike the past, you actually need to fund your county teams. And the further you get, by the way, the more money you need. But then again, you might get more sponsorship, etc., etc. So that's so that's a kick-on effect from that as well. But it's definitely not a level playing field. There's no doubt about that. Now, you touched on this earlier too. Could you would you have a problem with players actually leaving Ireland to go and play Aussie rules? Personally, I don't have a problem because they are earning money. Yeah. No, don't have a problem. No, not at all. It's No, don't have a problem. I would like to see, though, some counties maybe 
set up some kind of a structure that they could possibly be more persuasive for them to stay. I don't know, some kind of a offer on, on some kind of a college degree or something like that. Because you don't, it's strange because Dublin, obviously, we know how talented players, but you don't see as many Dublin players go over to the AFL, which is bizarre, isn't it? Um, I don't know why that is. I know quite a few from Kerry. I know a few from Donegal have gone over, actually, haven't they? Yeah. And a few from me have started to go over as well. So you're trying to say, you know, we've that fell and this fell coming through and they're going to help, they're going to bridge a gap and then they're going to Australia. I don't have a problem with the individual at all um, because it's a professional game and it's a new lifestyle, it's a new country. It might work for them. Some of them do come back. But um, I, don't, I, just, I fear for the GA in terms of, it's a, it's a difficult one with the professionalism as well, but, you know, the Aussies, they bring over scouts and actually scout our players. You know what I mean? More and more and more. So it, it's a difficult one because we don't want to be losing our best players either. But it's not the players' fault for actually wanting to go and try it. Um, now, would you worry that the younger me fans won't get to witness their teams winning Leinster's or even All-Ireland's as you would have grown up? Um, see, that's the thing. The likes of me were probably spoiled a bit as well. But, <laughs> you know... Um, no, I wouldn't. No, I would have been more worried five years ago. But from what I've seen, I, I'm more optimistic now. But it's, it's going to take time, like anything. Um, any county, even Dublin, when the stroke, they put in a structure, it took time. It will take time. You can definitely see the improvements there in the underage and me's. If, if people go watch and have watched before, you see the improvements big time. Uh, tactically, as well, is a big thing as well. I think me struggled with the modern style of football. And struggle to uh, implement it, um, so that's a big thing as well. But I also think there's a very good management team there now. We definitely have our best management team since Sean Boylan left. Uh, Andy McIntyre's brought in a lot of professionalism into the setup, fitness levels, things that should have been done before but weren't done before. You know, um, it comes down to now developing young players and hopefully improving the young players that are there and having a bit of belief because. You know, they're losing to the likes of Donegal, funnily enough, late in matches. But three, four years ago, they were losing to the likes of Westmead late in matches. So that's an improvement in itself. You know, everything has to come in small steps. And I suppose Mead is the type of, type of county, if they do put in the structures in which they have in place and things like that, that the tradition is a big thing, I think, as well. Um, that comes with us. So I, I think in the next few years, you'll definitely see me going an upward curve. Yeah. Now, in a more positive moment, what would you say would be your favourite moment as Sport of Meath? Sometimes it's good to reflect on good times or on negative times. Remember the powerhouse Meath moments were? 96 was the first time I've seen them win in All-Ireland, but I, I, for some reason I preferred the 99 win because, I don't know, it proves a point. It's like when you win the second time, it, it kind of proves a point a little bit and I know in 98 and 97 there was no back door and they were riddled with injuries and they were a little bit unlucky and I know they were a little bit annoyed that they didn't win anything since 96 so the determination was there and the hunger was there and the players were there so 99 I think as well as that they kind of won the All-Ireland of Amonis quite comfortably in 99 you know it's not easy to do and um, so that one probably stood out more for me than the 96 one Um I was trying to think of any recent good memories since 2010, but I can't think of any, <laughs> not even 2010. <laughs> this is disappointing, yeah. but sure. 
before we go, could you tell me a bit about your YouTube channel, Irish Footy Vlogs? I will, Patrick. Yeah, Irish Footy Vlogs is set up. I set that up, in, I think, in September, actually. And it's starting off as a match day vlog kind of a concept. And I started going to games. I do have a team of sports and parties, athletic, but I like to go into other games where you feature, say, neutral teams. And I like the idea of watching games in that aspect. And I just kind of fell into it. I decided to do a match day vlog and I said, oh, this, this looks all right. I think I'll do another one, you know, that kind of way. So I kept going that way. I kept doing the vlogs. And eventually I kind of set up a channel as well. And people started watching it. So people, excuse me, people were enjoying it, you know. So, um, so yeah, I started to do other features, other videos and things of like that in relation to the League of Ireland and Irish football, but mainly the League of Ireland. So I cover League of Ireland, Premier Division and First Division pretty much. Um, I'm starting to do interviews now as well with players as well, which is something I enjoy as well. And uh, people seem to enjoy them as well. So, and it's all a learning experience as well. Um, I've no idea how to use technology. I'm still a bit funny that way as well, if I'm honest with you. But um, I kind of learned along the way and kind of just threw myself into it. And I have to say, I really enjoy it. And it's great that people enjoy it as well. And you don't get too many people that cover the League of Ireland, particularly with the First Division and Match Day Vlogs as well, you know. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. I would recommend any Irish soccer fan to subscribe to Irish Footy Vlogs on YouTube. And I hope you enjoyed the first episode of the GA Zone podcast. You tell me how to improve if you want. Thank you very much and I'll see you next week.